It's Monday the 10th of October 2016. I am Robin Yellow and this is TechTasm. Episode 32, Facebook McWorkface. And with me again, because nobody else is as available, is James Woodall. Yes, I do always seem to be available when we record an episode. It's it's uncanny the way that works. You're never available on the same day. No. You are available. But it's Tuesday 9 o'clock, right? No, it's Monday 8.30. Well, James, this week week, we're going to be taking a look at Facebook's new social app for the workplace. The PlayStation VR reviews are coming in. And Samsung is in deep trouble. Or are they? And we'll be judging these stories and some others to tell you if they are a techtasm, which is a blend of tech for technology and tasm for phantasm, something that exists only in a person's mind. So, without further intro, let's get on with the show. So the first story comes from BBC, and that can only mean one thing. Our favourite nameless journal droid has written yeah. a wonderful article about Facebook's new portal if you will for the workplace so gone are the days when you can when your boss is not looking have a cheeky look at facebook you can now have a look at facebook for real without getting into trouble although it means communicating with your colleagues as opposed to your friend's cat next door so uh, basically facebook for the last couple of years have been using internally a tool to allow businesses to communicate in the social media platform but mainly aimed at the uh, the work environment um, and supposedly they've been testing it out with a thousand companies including um, people like starbucks um, and so forth and what they're trying to do is take an aim at slack a tool that you and i know and love mm-hmm. Yammer, microsoft's equivalent um and but interestingly enough they're going to charge a subscription fee for it which is a complete kind of u-turn really from their normal business model of adverts so uh, what do you think well presumably they're not going to advertise to businesses enterprises would rather pay a license than watch adverts i assume um i guess it depends on the cfo that you talk to right (laughs) um oh it'd be nice to have the option so it is only available as a subscription only um it doesn't it doesn't say that it says Workplace is Facebook's first service to charge a subscription fee, but it doesn't say the only way to access it is via subscription fee because, of course, Slack has a very popular free model, uh, which is, of course, is slightly limited, um, but it's good enough for tiny teams. So I think that they probably have to do something like that. But interestingly enough, not only are they aiming at Slack and Yammer, they're also looking at uh, targeting their sites on file sharing services like Dropbox, Google Cloud, and Microsoft's OneDrive. So this looks like it's going to be kind of like a one-stop shop for business collaboration. Um, It feels like alien territory for me. I mean, hey, this is a consumer social networking app for teens to share pictures of dogs and cats and whatever it is. Yeah, but is it? Isn't that... um, um, That space has has been filled now for teens with Snapchat uh, and Instagram. I don't think many of them use Facebook. I think they see Facebook as antiquated as email. It's more for your oldies, isn't it, Facebook? Um, I don't, I don't know. Not really talking to kids or having any 
at all of my own that I engage with. I've got no idea. You've got kids. What do they do? I do, and none of them use Facebook. Really? Okay. So I think it's a bit like everybody has a Facebook account because you can't get rid of it because that's where everybody is, but nobody is there, if you see what I mean. So Facebook Messenger is a good place of looking up friends because they're likely to have a Facebook account. But again, you wouldn't use it for anything else, or you would only use it for those friends that have got Facebook Messenger. Okay, so Facebook Um, now has, though, over a billion active daily users. So if people aren't using Facebook, what does a bit? I mean, that's that's a big number, right? I mean, yeah, no, it is, and I think everybody has a brief love affair with uh, Facebook and then moves on to something else. It's where you stick and where you end up, where you stay. Now, Facebook's figures are very impressive. One quarter of the world's population use it once per month, or something ludicrous like that. Um, they're ideally placed with, of course, their knowledge of how to make a social network stick. Uh, they're ideally placed to make this work, and the competition is quite weak. Um, I think Slack, beautiful as it is, is a different proposition uh, to Facebook. Um, and Yammer is, quite frankly, awful. Yeah, and to be uh, fair, as, I mean, SharePoint is just atrocious. So, look, I love my... Uh, yeah, but SharePoint's not really a social network, is it? No, but it's got task lists, it's got discussion boards. I mean, it's got all the things that I'm looking at on the screenshot that uh, Nameless Jenna Droid has kindly posted onto the article. So... No, you're looking. You're looking effectively as at groups. You're looking members of groups. You're looking at IM contacts, this, uh, presence detection. You're looking for sophisticated, sophisticated notifications about new content. You're looking to drive the appropriate content based on your interest and your knowledge. All things which Facebook are world leaders at are encapsulated within the tool. If you look at a tool, um, let's just take the Microsoft one, Yammer, in comparison. It has all those features, but just doesn't do them very well. It's not very compelling. It's not very familiar because there is no consumer version for people to love. The thing about Facebook for work, or sorry, the workplace platform, as they're calling it, is that it will have some familiarity. Everybody has used it, and therefore they'll feel it'll feel more of a familiar place to go. And I think that's perhaps the difference. Not only that I think Facebook will absolutely hit it out of the park in terms of functionality, but it's that familiarity. Yeah, I I can completely agree. I mean, there's there's an interesting trend at the moment with the old guard being replaced by the new companies because certainly take user experience, for example, no one cared about that 10 years ago. And what happened, I think the iPhone helped change that. And people looked at their enterprise smartphones and they had iPhones and they thought, well, I'd rather have an iPhone. You know, um, whereas before that, people had uh, feature phones and smartphones for business. Therefore, there was no comparison. I think workplace collaboration apps, I mean, Slack, for example, is a beautiful product. It's friendly, it's easy to use. There have been products like Slack before. Doesn't, I mean, and it doesn't really do anything new as such. It's just really nice to use. Um, Slack is more real time. I I, th- I think that the Facebook Workplace uh, will fulfil a role that Slack tr- struggles with, which is to be a sort of knowledge base, knowledge repository. Um, you know, it is very action oriented. It's got a channels infrastructure, a challenge channels design, which is excellent, but you've got to know where the channel is and you've got to be invited into it. Facebook perhaps is a little bit more open to all. There's a wonderful tool 
called Jive, which actually traditionally has been a, a, a leader in this space for enterprise social. And it's absolutely excellent in the way that it, for example, caters for projects, people who want to run projects. It's got some tools specifically for those. Um, and for things like community of practice, for identifying individuals who may, you know, for cross cross pollinating, I suppose you might call it, uh, looking at what you're interested in and making suggestions in other areas of the site that you could be sucked into, features for which Yammer is completely devoid of. Um, and I just wonder, I mean, actually, if you look, um, I'm not surprised that Facebook have done this because, of course, recently Microsoft paid how many unicorns was it for LinkedIn? 25. 25 unicorns for LinkedIn. So presumably Yammer is for the way of the, the dustbin of history and uh, LinkedIn for business will be their play into the same space. So I think it's going to be an interesting space over the next few years. No, sure. And in fact, I'm just looking now. Um, at uh, at Facebook Workplace pricing, it is every user does, every user has to pay for it. There is no free product. Of course, there's a free trial. It's I think the pricing is really attractive. Actually, I'm looking at this for my own business. Um, it's three dollars for a month up to a thousand users, two dollars for up to ten thousand users, and one dollar over that over ten thousand users. I mean, compare that to, to Slack. I know we're saying it's not comparative to Slack, but it will certainly do a lot that Slack does. I mean, Slack, I think, is about $10 a user. So um, that's really interesting. Yeah, so I don't think this is a tech tasm. I think the movement of consumer-facing brands like LinkedIn and Facebook into the enterprise is kind of predictable. I'm glad they've run a large beta here with all these different customers that you mentioned um i see in the article you know food giant danone india's yes bank well i mean i'm looking uh, on the website to be honest on uh, workplace.fb.com um and uh, you've got booking.com campbell's oxfam telenor rbs reno you know there's some pretty big players that are using this this particular service so i think uh, i think this is not a tectasm um it's clearly a real thing and um i guess i look forward to seeing uh, seeing what happens on this front do you know it's just as a final word uh, before we move on um i would say that uh, you know you for example google apps for work the google offering has got google plus as the social network which is thrown in it's not very good. I mean, I quite like it, but it, it isn't very good. Oh, so you're the um, user. <laughs> uh, it's good enough. I'd say it's got a lot better. After it had lost the race, it got a lot better. It was completely re-engineered. Well, it doesn't really it's very help, fast. does it? You know, after no... No, no, but, but in, a corporate, in a corporate environment, that might be useful. So I would say, you know, for example, my 14-year-old daughter was doing her homework on Google Plus tonight for her school. Uh, he, the teacher had set up a Google Plus group and the students were entering their homework into the Google Plus group. So, you know, there, there perhaps is a, a few old, a few tricks left in the old dog. Mm, OK, interesting. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the Grawny ad. Uh, and this week, Will Freeman is reporting his PlayStation VR review. Now, this uh, the Sony headset, James, if you remember, costs £349. That's not cheap, mm -hmm. but it's much cheaper than the offerings from its counterparts in the premium uh, space, the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive. 
but what uh, Will says in this article is that perhaps its greatest strength is that it runs on a standard PlayStation 4. Now, you do need to buy a camera as well, but that's, what, I don't know, 30 quid, 50 quid. Crucially, there's no need for a desktop computer or extra graphic cards or, or anything complex like that, and setup is very simple. The whole procedure takes a few minutes. You just plug in a USB and uh, put it the right way up, and off you go. Uh, now, Will, uh, the author here, has played a few um, of the impressive launch titles as he describes them and and he says it's apparent that the hardware doesn't provide anywhere near the resolution seen on the rift or the vive but this sacrifice in fidelity does allow for something very important to a vr experience can you guess what that is james um i'm gonna say i mean look the frame rate is a really crucial thing it's frame rate yeah. yeah, that's it. It's the frame rate. And why is frame rate important? Well, because I guess you're moving around, right? You're going to get motion sickness if what you're seeing doesn't quite match up with what you're feeling. Um, I'm guessing. I mean, I heard, um, was it Palmer Lucky was going on about how they needed to get 90 frames a second on the on the Rift for that. So I'm guessing. Uh, you're right. Of course, you're right. This is your area of expertise. I would expect nothing else from you. Uh, but this frame rate is the thing that gives it the game its smoothness and fluidity, even at speed. And that prevents motion sickness. So what he said, he played in sessions of up to 45 minutes long and didn't experience motion sickness. Now, he he thinks it's the most pleasant VR experience yet available um james other than the motion sickness issue what are the other problems that you have with vr well i mean one of the problems um which i don't think these guys address is the cable that drags behind you i mean you're always gonna be tethered to that thing um i think one of the other problems of course is uh, and i think the vive does this really well though is you're not really fully aware of your surroundings so you might bump into something Yes, that is true. I suppose uh, it must be a sit-down experience, sit on a swivel chair or something like that, do you think? Um, actually, yeah, the demos I have seen of the VR, that's what people have done. But they, certainly the Vive and the Rift, uh, people have been uh, jumping up and down and whatever, but with this, of course, massive cable that hangs out the back. Um, I wonder how big the cable is. He describes it as a USB cable. I mean, is it going to be a big, thick cable? Uh, what's the limit to a USB cable? I didn't think it was that big. But it must be. Well, maybe it's got a USB plug on it, but it's a special proprietary. Probably. No, it can't be because they're just USB plugs, aren't they, on the front of the PlayStation? Well, player. actually, uh, in, in my office, we've got a um, an Ethernet cable that translates itself to HDMI because Ethernet travels further than HDMI. I mean, how weird is that? Um, so hey, who knows? You're right. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a special plug that does, in fact, go to USB. Well, it is. It's not a parallel cable. It is serial. So in theory, it should have a good good range, shouldn't it? I suppose so. Um, but hey, look, it's um, it's really interesting about the PS4. What I think the pricing is is interesting, and only Sony could have done this, and that's because for the Rift to work, you have to have a really good PC, so you'll pay for two things. For the PlayStation VR to work, you've got to already have a PlayStation. So you're yes. looking at games included, a thousand pound investment there. Yes, yes, you're right. In fact, if you put it that way, Same you right. know, some of these AAA titles can be sixty quid on their own, three fifty for the headset. How much are the the, the PlayStation the themselves? Now Tesco is two forty nine with no games. Oh, okay. So 
I mean, but I mean, six fifty, seven hundred, yeah. Yeah. So with, with the camera uh, that you need of to, course, yeah, the camera as well. So you know, you're looking with a game, you've got eight hundred pounds. So it's a very similar. I mean, if I've just some monumental googling is going on here, listeners. Fantastic. Uh, just we expect nothing else. Oh, hey, look, we from go far, so you don't have to. Okay. Looking here at the Rift pricing on the Oculus.com website. Thank you very much, Facebook. The Rift itself is $600. Okay. The PC, though, that goes with it, I thought they sold them on the website. Thousand bucks. They're a thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. Oculus ready PCs. Let's have a look. Oculus ready PCs. That's for the minimum spec. I mean, there's ones from Alienware. Let's just jump to Alienware. Why the heck not? Alienware, yeah. Yeah. You want in on the Alienware uh, table? You That's a thousand quid dollars right there. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, here we go. So, 1,099. Does it include a Rift? Uh, doesn't include tax either. Uh, no, it won't include a Rift. No, 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 it won't. That's really weird. What also, yeah, but the Rift has also there's a headset and, con- and hand controllers as well. So, what do you do on the PlayStation VR for your hand controller? Just use the regular Dual Shock. Yeah, I'm guessing so. I mean, that that, that would make sense. Hey, you've, they've got a controller, so they do have a, a wand called a Move controller, uh, and presumably, if you have a couple of those, but that, then you've got your both your hands in the virtual space, and you will have already had a camera for that if you've got one of them. So. Um, hey, look! I mean, come on, we're 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 we're, uh, we're just um, worrying about the small stuff here. It's cheaper than than Oculus by a long shot, and chances are the people this is a, these is appealing to already have our existing owners. Exactly. <clears throat> yes, and it's that it's the incremental cost which appears less, and it's just the right time of year for it, isn't it? I think I'll be getting one. Um, yeah. Well. Okay. Well, the article here describes it as a remarkable, high-quality, and wildly exciting experience, which sounds like my idea of a perfect Christmas day. I so, think that uh, Will Freeman may have drunk the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yes, but because it's in The Guardian, uh, he's not bought off. He has not been bought off. <laughs> okay, that's what you think. Um, okay, well, um, are we okay to move on? We are. I think we should change the tone slightly. Uh, just bring it down a notch. We mentioned last week about good old Samsung and the pos- and the fact that a new Note 7 had just in, because it was breaking news on TechTasm, we've always got the latest stories here. Not always. Um, most of the time. Uh, we sp- And this story doesn't seem to have gone away. In fact, Tim Hardwick in Mac Rumors has mentioned that there have been a couple more Samsung Note 7s that have blown up. Um, a man in Kentucky reported it was... And I quote, vomiting black. And uh, that doesn't sound particularly, particularly pleasant. Another lady woke up and her nightstand was on fire. That's not Ooh. a pleasant experience, I imagine. Oh, that's horrible. So she went to bed and was woken by the fizzing sound of an exploding phone. Yep. The Whoa. phone just burst into flames while on the nightstand, and I woke up in complete panic. I imagine I would probably do the same. Um. <sighs> So, uh, an interesting update as of this morning, Samsung's official statement is that they have, and I quote, they are temporarily adjusting the Galaxy Note 7 production schedule in order to take further steps to ensure quality and safety matters. Hmm. Okay, so basically they've halted production <laughs> of, the, of the Note 7, but I mean, I, I, was, I was reading and talking to somebody about why... 
um, I think it may have been you actually last week over dinner, uh, discussing um, how they made the battery too big for the phone, and when it expands, it blows up. Yes, the ca- the hole inside the phone where the battery goes is slightly too small, so it doesn't allow... So when the battery is expanding as it naturally does in its sort of uh, charging and discharging cycle, it kind of puts pressure on the plastic case of the battery itself, uh, which then causes pressures within the battery and can create this feedback loop, which makes it catch fire. Oh, dear. Well, on, on the same story... Uh, not only have we got the Mac Rumors story, and of course, hey, Mac Rumors, where else would it be? There's a bit of gloating, I think, going on there. Um, I'm sure Tim Cook and his friends at Apple are having a party at the moment. Forbes, though, have also written, though, that despite, and this is Palmy Olsen, despite the fact of the crisis in the Galaxy Note 7, Samsung shares are actually climbing. Now, for, what? for most other companies, if they have a disastrous product launch... Uh, generally speaking, investors would be running for the hills. But in this case, they've actually... I mean, in the last month alone, they've gone up 15%. That's a thats a big number. I mean, Samsung is not just a consumer electronics company. They they manufacture components. They build ships. I mean, they've, they've got some... They've got a pretty damn big business. Of course, I'm sure everybody listening, every person singular listening has got samsung tv so you know they're everywhere um and the reason for that is because there's actually a large u.s hedge fund that have actually been pushing and buying up a lot of apple not apple stock samsung stock yes um to try and push the company to restructure they want to float part of samsung mainly the consumer electronics division on the nasdaq well, this kind of pressure, of course, isn't unprecedented. Carl Icahn in 2013 pushed very hard for Apple to do a share buyback. Yeah. Um, and, you know, well presumably that, there was some kind of veiled threat or corporate, you know, share buyout uh, implicit in, in that as well. So, you know, I think it's a bit, the vultures are circling. They see weakness, structural weakness, and also financial weakness in the way uh, that Samsung has far too much cash, $69 billion on its balance sheet. Um, and they want to get it, kick it while it's weak, uh, as they do. Yeah. I, the thing is, though, this kind of thing is not really normal for the Asian markets. In the US, they're a bit more kind of you know a bit more aggressive with this type of thing i mean the the east asian market is um i think quite gentle in the way they go about doing their business um um certainly on the japanese i imagine and maybe i'm just making sweeping statements here i apologize for all of our south korean listeners (laughs) um but um i i don't know it's just it, it it's interesting investors clearly like what is going on because um this hedge fund only owns 0.6 percent of samsung but their actions are able to change the shape of the stock so um some something's going on something i certainly don't understand um me neither i think that um samsung are going to go through a change they're clearly too big a, a creature uh, to go down because of one PR disaster, which is what the Note 7 has. In fact, the number 7 has had for them. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. But it could result in either a massive payout yes. in terms of, you know, they just need a couple of injuries and a class lawsuit and they're into big, big, 
bunny, uh, yet alone, let alone the reputational impact, but also the impact on the rest of the range. If they get a rep, if this goes on much longer, they'll get a reputation as being the burnout brand, um, and people will stop buying them in droves, especially in the U.S. market. Uh, where there are credible alternatives, the um, uh, the iPhone obviously being a, a phone which is ironically made in China, yes. um, but again being something which has got an American design on it. Similarly, the Pixel phone an American design. Yeah. So you know, it, it, Americans are notoriously jingoistic when it comes to this sort of thing. So I could see it, it being you know a five year journey for them over there. Uh, but um, you know, let's let's take a look at this opportunity from the american vcs to uh, fix the company you know that's an opportunity for them as well to pivot into something else because they do yeah, make uh, fantastic but, phones but, but what, what there's, there's a couple of points there from what you said the ironic thing about the iphone is it contains a lot of samsung components uh-huh. um i think in some cases there are samsung batteries in there as well but hey maybe that's a conversation for another day um the the, the difference though with with samsung though is um they they may be a public company, but they actually have a massive shareholder, um, a chap called Mr. Lee, um, who owns a huge percentage of Samsung. It's effectively his company, which is actually that's not normal for a U.S. company. Now, no. Apple, because they've been around for, and of course, Steve Jobs famously st- sold all of his shares back in 1985 when he was removed from the company. Um, and Bill Gates doesn't own that much of Microsoft anymore. The big U.S tech giants are generally quite well distributed in terms of their ownership. So um, I think that it'd be quite strange for this one person, I mean, who can effectively block anything that the Americans want to do, right? Because, well, he's got the, a, I don't know if he's got a majority, but a large percentage of the shares. So I think nobody really knows what's going to happen with the story because it's probably never happened before. Well, Samsung are going down. I think that's a tech tasm. They're not going down. No, of course. Um, I think it will be I don't f- think it's forgotten about. I mean, immediately. I mean, almost every time there's a new iPhone or cycle with a new iPhone, there's something that people don't like about the iPhone. Um, and it's big news for a week, and then everyone forgets about it. This one is just a bit more explosive. Uh-huh. See, I should be in journalism. Um, I should be on the BBC when you they are. have all those terrible puns. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, anyway, look. We've talked this one to death. You're right, Samsung is riding high still. Well, talking of things people don't like, Theresa May doesn't like Apple Watches in her cabinet meetings. Tom Mendelson in Ars Technica reported the Apple Watch has been banned from UK cabinet meetings over Russian hacker fears. Now, Apple Watches, James, uh, were said to be popular with several ministers, including the former Justice Secretary and failed leadership candidate Michael Gove, who wore them to cabinet meetings during David Cameron's tenure as Prime Minister. However, under Theresa May, the former Home Secretary, who repeatedly pushed for Britain's spies to have greater powers, irony upon irony, the devices have been summarily removed amid fears that Russian security services could use them to listen in on government business. Is this possible, James? Well, interestingly enough, do you remember when Mark Zuckerberg had a picture of himself in his office with a bit of tape over his webcam? Yes, that's right. Um, the FBI director does the same thing. Uh, the US um, NSA, of course, hacked Angela Merkel two or three years ago. I think this is just being prudent. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, let's be let's be completely realistic here. A 
if a malicious actor wanted to find a vulnerability in a consumer electronics device, they'd have an easier time than if it was a military-grade device. Um, why wouldn't they go about doing that if they could? These devices have all got microphones on them. All the devices that we're talking about in, have had some kind of high-profile hack in the past. I mean, what about the one a couple of weeks ago where... Um, you can fake the iPhone into accepting an unlimited number of um, pin code uh, attempts. So you can effectively guess the four-digit pin code uh, by literally doing a hardware hack. By shorting out a particular pin, you were able to reset the memory in a certain place. Brilliant. Brilliant. If some, I don't mean to kind of demean, but if some kid can figure that out, the Russians have got some very, very talented hackers out there they'll find a way i think theresa may is doing the right thing well we've all got talented hackers and uh, i'll tell you who isn't a talented user michael govey um he the telegraph actually reported that when gove was chief whip he accidentally played a few bars of a beyonce song while surreptitiously checking his emails naughty boy oh dear okay well Dave Lee. Actually, this is BBC with a named journalist. Well done, yep. Dave. We've heard Dave Lee, North American technology reporter. Yep. We like Dave. We've certainly heard from him before. Um, Oculus. Now, we spoke about them in a few articles previously. Um, there was a very interesting presentation from Facebook a couple of days ago um, where um, Mark Zuckerberg unveiled some new things in that Oculus device. Uh, but before I move on to that, interestingly enough, the founder of Oculus, Palmer Lucky, who in some some circles is known as the father of virtual reality or certainly modern virtual reality, was not present. Now, that could be one of two things. The first is he publicly announced that he funded a pro-Donald Trump campaign super PAC. Um, okay, interesting. Uh, we've all got our own political views. Um, but that, of course, didn't go down too well. And um, the second is, and I quote from technology analyst Ben Woods, the company has moved on from someone jumping on stage in flip-flops and Hawaiian shirts saying crazy stuff. It has to be professionalized if this is to be a cornerstone of Facebook's future. Ooh. How very interesting. So goodbye, Palmer Lucky. Um, I mean, hey, look, the, the guy did a good thing, but maybe it is time that uh, Facebook stepped in. I mean, they did pay, was it $3 billion for um, Oculus? Um, I mean, they've probably spent that just bringing the damn thing to market. But uh, onto what they actually announced, there's a really good video on Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook timeline, which you should watch. I know you don't use Facebook, but I'd say I suggest you do. Um, where basically he hosts a meeting in virtual space with two colleagues who aren't in the room, and then he takes the meeting to his office and then to his home, to a 360 view of his home with his dog. He then, using Facebook Messenger inside the VR experience, calls his wife and then takes a selfie of himself as an avatar. He jokingly says he looks like a much younger Justin Timberlake. Um, his wife on facebook messenger and his dog all in the same photo it was an amazing demo you should watch it what do you think well i think it was an amazing demo uh just like the in fact it was two billion they paid for oculus vr he definitely has got a a nose for a good deal and um the, you know the wireless headset 
Truly impressive. Did we actually see inside the wireless headset, or was that just a, a kind of working model? I mean, they said it's not ready yet. I mean, you know, um, Mark Zuckerberg made it kind of perfectly apparent that this is this is what's coming. Uh, it's still early, so I don't want to get your hopes up too much, was what he said. So um, okay, so the good, great demo aside, the problem still with the Oculus system is the great big wire, the need to be tethered to a laptop, uh, and the fact that have they released the controllers yet? I don't even think they've released the controller. No, oh, okay, right. So they're they're close. <clears throat> that so uh, you know the wireless for me the wireless headset was the interesting thing. There is a thing, James, called ultra wideband. Have you come across this? Um, I, I have, but I'm thinking Bluetooth, and I'm probably wrong there, aren't I? Well, no, it's not too far off. Ultra-wideband is a technology which uses very high frequency. Uh, the higher the frequency, the shorter the range, effectively. But lots and lots of channels all next to each other, all bonded together. Bottom line, it gives you can give you a gigabit uh, at a couple of meters. So it can give you incredible bandwidth over a short distance by using multiple channels, beam forming, and very high frequencies. Um, and this technology has the possibility to bring extreme low latency, very high-quality video imagery wirelessly into your head. Now, obviously, I, what we have, nobody's worked out, is how you do this at super, sort of super low power, but it is something that's been around for a few years uh, in theory, and it could be that this wireless version he showed off used something like that so at first when i saw that i thought yeah yeah whatever uh and then i thought well hold on a minute i'm not sure this is a tectasm maybe they have they know something we don't or they've acquired some company or developed some technology to transmit a very large amount of data at incredibly low latency uh into a headset because you you had a look at the um hololens today uh, and that's quite an impressive piece of equipment for what it actually does, considering how long its battery life is. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was actually really impressed with the Hololens. Um, I mean, look, it clearly has some kinks that they need to work out. Um, I mean, what I really like about the Hololens, I think the best thing about it is you can run standard Windows applications in it without any change. So, from a business development perspective, brilliant, love it, fantastic. I want more. Um, the, but the one thing I will say though about the Hololens is it's not quite finished yet it's clearly not a finished product um so it's difficult to have a judgment for it and maybe that's why people like mark zuckerberg give you a demo and say it's not just not quite ready yet so you know mm. so i'm not sure what the tectasm is other than they've professionalized up the demo a little bit and did something quite impressive i mean it's easy to turn you know yeah. a virtual virtual reality into something quite impressive looking to an audience of um you know zealots uh so i i'm not i'm not sure what the tectasm is here james well i don't well, there's, i don't think there's a tectasm as such but if we reference at the playstation vr story when we said oculus is really expensive facebook is being the daddy here and fathering this product to turn it into a real thing palmer lucky did an amazing job of getting it off the ground and showing the world because if it wasn't for him right facebook wouldn't even be building a vr Headset, yes. perhaps. I mean, well, who knows what you know. But um, uh, I think what this what this shows is Facebook is taking it seriously. They have to bring the price down. So when we start talking about this next year, 
the VR and Oculus will be the same price and they'll be focused on features, not cost. So, Well, I'll tell you what, I'll get the PlayStation VR, you buy the Oculus and we'll compare notes. Okay. <laughs> that is it for this week. You can find us, dear listeners, at facebook.com slash techtasm, subscribe on iTunes, Stitch and Feedburner, or contact us at feedback at techtasm.com. We work hard to record every Tuesday, which is why we never seem to do it, at 2100 BST GMT. But for now... This is me, Sir Robin Yellow. Me, Mr. James Woodall. Asking the question on your behalf. Is it real or is it just a tectasm? <laughs> <laughs>